Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. John Davidson tweeted out, Fannie Willis is basically our entire ruling class, corrupt, stupid, entitled, power-hungry, and contemptuous of anyone who questions them. You can't have a republic with a ruling class like this. Yeah, that's part of the arrogance. Way to attack democracy, John. (laughs) That's a racist attack on democracy, I would add. But yeah, it's crazy that you, as... The DA of Fulton County, she's in charge of one of the most important, whether or not you think it's valid or not, or you think that it's it's true what they're accusing Trump of. It's an incredibly important case in American history, and she's in charge of it, and she doesn't think she has to answer any of these questions. She doesn't think that her integrity could possibly be called into question. And for people who aren't aware of what's happening here, Fannie Willis, the DA of Fulton County, perhaps soon to be the ex-DA of Fulton County, um, although based off yesterday's coverage and today's coverage, who knows? Maybe the Democrats will have her run for president. They seem to be very on board with Fanny. She testified at the disqualification hearing yesterday about her relationship with Nathan Wade, who she hired a special prosecutor in the case of election interference against Donald Trump, despite, despite the fact that she was sleeping with him and cruising with him and boozing with him. And going on excursions with him and eating caviar with him. And we will get back to all of it after Last Call with Emma Foley, which we're going to do right now. Time now for your end of the week wrap up with Emma Foley. It's Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Let's go. Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Let's go. Last Call, everybody. Last Call with Emma Foley is quickly becoming one of the favorite segments of the Grace Curley show. People love it. And we're all about giving the people what they want. So, Emma, I want you to tell us what you got going on today. What did we miss this week? Big week this week. We had the Super Bowl last Sunday. We had Valentine's Day on Wednesday. A lot of news. Uh, so we're going to start with Valentine's Day, the season of love and the season of exchanging Valentines. And even the politicians were exchanging Valentines over the ex platform did you catch any of these i couldn't tell if it was a parody account or if it was real but was was it the biden administration was sending valentines to people so the white house x account was sending valentines out to speaker johnson and you had the you had biden's x account uh, with the chiefs dark brandon on sunday so some some like snappy he's on intern. tiktok now right yeah so some interns having a good time so they sent out this valentine to speaker johnson roses are red violets are blue the border deal was crushed because of you they just he, here's my ah. here's my issue is like the online persona and uh, the federalists had a good piece on this but the online persona that they're putting out 
is so cringy when you contrast it with the actual physical man that we occasionally get to see for 45 seconds walking in front of Valentine's Day signs with his wife. Like, it would be one thing if he was really snappy and charismatic and quick-witted, but we see this guy who doesn't know where he is, and then we're supposed to believe, we're supposed to suspend our disbelief to the point where we think he's at home on his Twitter account, you know, creating these Valentine's Day for Mike Johnson. It's just stupid. And it's just not that good. It's You could have come up with something so much funnier. I mean, you have a lot of material. You have George Santos. You have Donald Trump, obviously. I remember the days of the Paul Ryan Valentine's. You're the majority leader of my heart type of thing. That's the kind of Valentine's I was sending out. So that, the White House sent theirs out at 1.15 p.m. on Valentine's Day. Then GOPX account responds 14 minutes later with... A photo of Brandon Biden looking very confused, and it just says, who are you? I, I, you know what, Emma? I, I got to say, I got to say, I just, I hate all of it. I hate all of it. Can these, like the, all these old people, and I know not everyone in the GOP is old, but all these old people, they, they are all being so cute, you know, like, I'm going to write back this, and I'm going to write back this. It reminds me of when Ted Cruz fights with AOC. It's like, you're using your, you're wasting your power here, Ted. You're wasting your intelligence. Just focus on things that matter. Right. Focus Get on off. getting out the message. Don't focus on these stupid Twitter wars that, that, and you know what the other important part of it is? Is that when I started this show, I would really, I would heavily focus on Twitter. I would constantly be reading tweets. And Howie reminded me one time, he said, it's a very small portion of the population that's on Twitter. So you can't get so obsessed with this world that a lot of people are not even going to see. Insider baseball. It's insider baseball. And it makes people think that you're focusing on all the wrong things, which they probably are. So, Right. So, yeah. So a lot of people need to get off social media. And that includes the younger generations the millennial generations because what they're seeing on social media is spurring this competition among parents next up we have the tooth fairy is seeing inflation like never before oh boy back when you were losing teeth how much would the tooth fairy bring you the tooth fairy would bring me when i was a kid i don't know like maybe a buck or two Right, I would always get a dollar. I would get a gold coin. Maybe $5 back Ooh. In, in, once in a while. That's yeah. a, that was above average. <laughs> so I two- got a dime. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but Jared, to be fair, it was like 1940. That's true. That's true. There was yeah. a recession. No, it was probably, I probably got a dollar if I really had, unless, although I will say this, I had a lot of teeth. I remember the dentist telling me you have a small mouth and giant teeth. I had a lot of big teeth. So at one point I had Grace, to get. how many Grace, total teeth Everyone did you has have? the same number of teeth. Everyone has 20 baby teeth. You know, can't you have extra, though? Uh, if you're, like, less you, evolved. You, you can have up to wisdom. <laughs> well, there we I go. I think you can have up to four wisdom teeth. Okay, no, yeah, no. Let me explain like, it better. 32 is The like tooth fairy nice. doesn't come for the wisdom teeth. I had big teeth and a small mouth. That's probably a better way to describe it. So I had to get a lot of teeth removed. I had to get, I got, like, 10 teeth pulled at one point. Not all at once, but probably five and then two and then two. More bang for your buck. But I think at that point, when I was coming home with five teeth... I would get a little bit more money. So it's like you just sat through an hour of getting your teeth pulled. In 2005, the average for tooth fairy bestowals would be $2, which makes sense. That's around the, actually, I lost my first tooth in 2006. 2022. God, yeah. God. Well, she's always doing that. Do you notice that? She comes in here just to tell us how young she is. She's like, well, in 2006, you know what she said to me the other day? She goes, when you start, she goes, you've been at this company 
for the entirety of my high school and college career. And I was like, why don't you just get out? Just go home, okay? All right, then in 2022, I was finished losing teeth. $5.36. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. <laughs> moving on to 2023. No, 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 no. Objection. We're not moving on. Is this you, a Benjamin Button thing? What's happening? You just stopped losing teeth in 2022? Grace, Grace. 2023, $6.23. No. So we're seeing Biden inflation. In Do we have child labor? Hang on a second. I got we we gotta talk to the mayor or manager about this. There, there may be a problem here. Uh I mean I can't talk. I mean I I just said I had more teeth than most people. And it's so. all part of this social media phenomenon mm-hmm. called inch stones. Have you heard of this? So it's like a milestone, but it's for small events. Like the last day of school, losing your first tooth. Little things like that. Getting an A on a test. Big celebration. Uh, Parents will make a big to-do when you get accepted to college. You'll see everything all over their room. Everything's all colleged out. Wow. Seems like a lot of work. Yes. But like kudos. You know what I you know what I'm a big fan of is like if you if you can do that and you can make everything themed and fun and great that's wonderful it's not my thing like i'm a little bit more just getting through the day type person but i i give mad props so uh there was a study out and it says that the tooth fairy is seeing inflation and there's one story about this woman who lives in california and she wanted to make it a big deal um so she called up the tooth fairy and she asked the tooth fairy to bring her daughter a 100 bill decorated with glitter and tiny removable rhinestones now, her, the child's cousins got jealous. They said the tooth fairy didn't bring me this. And you get a little pushback once the kid goes to school. You know, you have to start off small. Like, you just... You, the tooth fairy should be giving everyone, like Jared said, back when... Back when you Teeth first... were made of wood. Yeah. I was losing them. <laughs> At the or turn of Washington the century. Um, and you get a dime. Then it's like, oh my God, if the next year you get a quarter, you are thinking everything's I might, coming I might have, roses. I might have gotten a quarter from Moeller once. Oh God! Ew. Wow, and T- so TMI. So this mother, she got a lot of backlash. So now each tooth will be twenty dollars for teeth. Twenty dollars? Yes. So I did. I did a little bit of math, and that this child will be making four hundred and eighty dollars once she loses all of her teeth. It's disgusting. Double that if you're Grace. True. Got eight hundred teeth. Okay. What else you got? All right. We're gonna go back to sure. last Sunday, the Super Bowl. Um, so lots of good ads. My my personal favorite was the Sarah V ad with Michael Sarah. I think that's a brilliant marketing scheme. Yeah, that was that was a popular one. Uh, people like that. People like the Dunkin' Donuts one. We're going to talk about the Dunkin' Donuts one today. But a lot of people weren't impressed with the Super Bowl ads this year. No, I, I think a lot of... Well, you, had the, you usually have the traditional ones with the Clydesdales and there's Golden Retrievers and stuff. And I think that you saw a lot of companies trying to recover... You saw Bud Light trying to recover. I didn't. Right. I didn't get the the hype about that one. It wasn't. I didn't really get it. Actually, it wasn't that funny. Well, there's so many celebrities now, and I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about these Super Bowl ads. And somebody said, "How much money?" Remember Barack Obama one time said, "At a certain point, you've made enough money." I am starting to think that about these celebrities. Like, how much money do you need to be selling your soul? for these lame-ass commercials on national television. It's like William Shatner. Do you really need to do Priceline? Can't you take a break? Can't you take one day off? And it's also, 
it's one thing if they come to you and they go, oh, we got this great idea, and you think, and I'll give an exception to Ben Affleck because I think he really does love Dunkin' Donuts, and as a guy from Boston, it's probably your dream to get a Dunkin' Donuts contract. But in general, if some company comes to you and it's a lame idea, can't you just, can you pass up on it one time, or does everyone have to make a buck at all times? Well, he made 10 million bucks last year for the ad with J-Lo. I liked last year's ad better. It was a lot less... Try hard. Try hard. They it did try simple. very, he very hard. He pulled up to the drive-thru. J-Lo was giving out... It was, it was fun. It was simple. It was easy. This one was a little too much. Right. So this year, they had... Ben Affleck was coming in and auditioning to be on J-Lo's next album. He it then was, cute. was featured with... Matt Damon and Tom Brady. That was the big reveal, Tom Brady. Now, an ad for this year's Super Bowl, it was $7 million per 30 seconds. This aired for 60 seconds, which means they probably paid upwards of $15 million. And they had to pay all those people. Plus all of the all of the people and it, if last year Ben Affleck made 10 million what was he making this year what was JLo making what was Tom Brady making that's a lot of donuts that is a lot of donuts that's a lot of medium iced coffees a lot of cold coffees as Edna Faust would say of course the the globe had an issue with this because it did not pass the Bechdel test which if you're not familiar with the Bechdel test I'm not Gage's representation of female characters in Hollywood movies, commercials, etc. It must fit three criteria if you want to pass. It must must feature at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. You did not see this in the Duncan ad, so this got a nasty piece in the Globe about how they're so tired of Tom Brady what? and Ben and J Lo. And while I've never heard of such a brutal and shocking injustice that I cared so little about. Right. So even though J-Lo is in the seat of power in this commercial... And looking beautiful, by the way. Well, she basically functions as background noise and utters nine words in total, most of them a disapproving, no, we've talked about this. Yeah, people need to get a life. Everybody, the Tooth Fairy people and the Duncan the, the critics, everybody needs to get a life. That's the moral of the story. Thank you, Emma Foley. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming in. When we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about Representative Dan Goldman. We're going to give you updates on Willis and her decision not to take the stand today after quite the performance yesterday, and so much more. Um, the Nassau Beach Inn is a wonderful place to stay all year long, but especially right now in the off-season because it's beautiful, it's tranquil, there's a lot to do, it's less crowded, and you can't beat the price. This is such a wonderful spot, and it's a great spot for couples. Jared, my producer, you've been there before. Yes, I'm not Fonnie Willis. I have not been to Six Continents, but I've been to the edge of this one, where the Nasset Beach Inn is, and i got to tell you, it was... The most tranquil place that I have ever been. My wife and I, we went down there. It was in December, so it was winter on the Cape, which is fantastic because you can actually enjoy the beach. You don't have to fight through crowds. You don't have to worry about not being able to get a reservation at a restaurant. You can just hear the waves, walk along the beach. They're, pre they're pet friendly, so if you want to bring your dog, you can do that too. We loved having our morning coffee, sitting out by the fire pits and watching the sunrise. Uh, you can see... The moonrise, you could see stars at night. It's it's a getaway that's not far away, I think, is the way that uh, Dave Fenchie described it uh, when he was on with us the other day. And even if you don't want to venture outside because it's too cold, every room has a fireplace and a nice big picture window so you can stay cozy, you can stay warm, and you can enjoy 
all the solitude of the Nasset Beach. Yeah, and it's nice to recharge this time of year. Everyone's kind of wiped out from the holidays, from the weather. It's nice to recharge and have a little bit of fun. So go to the Nasset Beach Inn. Um, to It's NossetBeachInn.com to book your room under $200 this winter. Go to NossetBeachInn.com. That's NossetBeachInn.com. When we come back, we got a lot more to get to, so don't go anywhere. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. Also in a trucking company, and I've had several people call me and ask me if I could block the entrance of the town so that he can't come because it's been over a year and now he wants to come when it's election time. Allison, that was a resident of East Palestine. Joe Biden set to visit. Um, the site of the train derailment, the community that has been affected by that today, sometime, I think between four and five o'clock, he's going to deliver remarks. And as you could hear from that, a lot of the residents there are not happy about it. They think it's a political stunt, as KJP might say. She was actually just talking. She had a gaggle um, aboard Air Force One. And it's amazing how she's defending this by saying, well, Joe always said he was going to go when the time is right. So the time is right a year later. Talk about a lack of a sense of urgency from this man. He thinks the time to visit East Palestine is to mark the one year anniversary. That's how you handle an emergency situation. And so our poll question today involves just that. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. Call one eight four four Perfect Smile or visit perfectsmiles.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com, is how will Biden make the East Palestine disaster about himself today? Oil slicks on the windshields growing up, his affinity for trains, his dad lo- losing health insurance, or the kitchen fire. I'm going to say trains. I'm a train guy. He's, he's a train guy. And you know what? If I, if I was going to be so bold, Jared, I might say he's going to bring up Xi Jinping today, too. Ooh. And that's on my bingo card. That is officially on my bingo card for Joe. Um, but what are the results? His affinity for trains is now in the lead at 36%, 33% for the oil slicks on the windshields, 21% for the kitchen fire, and 10% for his dad losing health insurance. And we're not going to know about it in our show, but I'll either try to remember to talk about it Monday or maybe I can bring it up during Grace's News and Howie's show if he's already made his remarks at that point. But even then, it's a little bit earlier than expected. Um, I should mention here that he did, uh, the president did come out today to make remarks on Alexei Navalny and uh, his death at age 47 in prison. And he quickly pivoted from remarks about Alexei to basically admonishing Republicans for not getting on board with this bipartisan, as he called it, this bipartisan Senate deal to send $60 billion plus to Ukraine. Um, So he didn't waste that opportunity to push what they see, the White House sees as very, very um, crucial funding for Ukraine. 
Um, when we come back, we're going to play some more sound cuts for you. We're going to talk uh, a little bit about the Robert Hur report because Jonathan Turley, the reason I really like Jonathan Turley is because if he's saying something, it's usually within the realm of possibility. And he thinks that the White House's handling of this Robert Hur report could be grounds for impeachment. We'll talk about why when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Hey, great goose, got your girl feeling loose. Now I'm wishing that I didn't wear these shoes. It's like every time I get up on the do. Paparazzi put my business in the news. And I'm like, get up on my face. I'm not a great goose girl. I've had it before. I had it on my honeymoon, actually, because I had a martini for the first time, and I figured, why not do Grey Goose? I'm more of a Tito's lady myself, but Fanny Willis is a Grey Goose woman, and that is not something that she was asked. It's something that she just decided to share during her testimony yesterday, which almost everyone who's of their right mind is admitting was a complete disaster. She did not decide to take the stand today um i guess both sides thought we've we've gotten the full picture of what we need we're satisfied so in that way chalk it up as a success perhaps oh and i want to mention something jared i don't know who i'm giving credit to because my mom told me this i think she might have said greg gutfeld but somebody and i don't know if it was part of a joke or if it was true but by the time Fanny Willis got up to the stand, there was no waters left. And again, this could have just been a joke that somebody made. But it was like he was drinking so much water when he was up there because he was sweating because he was nervous. And you know what? Out of the two, out of the two of these people, out of this couple, and it's sad to say because they're not a couple anymore. I found him to be the more endearing because he was nervous and you got the sense that he understood the gravity of what he's being accused of, as opposed to Fannie Willis, who came in defiant, like she was the one who was owed an apology. By the way, Paul Sperry put this out today. He said, "Uh, all told, embattled DA Fannie Willis gave her lover Nathan Wade's law firm five Fulton County contracts totaling almost one million dollars Willis is under a state misconduct probe for personally benefiting from these contracts through lavish vacations and gifts paid for by Wade so just wanted to keep you abreast of that information um and one other thing here before I play Jared's itching for me to play this. You like the Dan Goldman cut, huh? That's so great. It's so great. And Dan Goldman's fun to talk about. We will play it, Jared, I promise. But I just wanted to give everyone, just to close this loop here on the Robert Hur report, there's so many news stories out today. And really this week has been kind of nutty for news stories that I feel like that White House Correspondents Association story is getting lost here in the shuffle. That's insane, Jared. That they use the channels that are meant to be for like need to know information. They used it to have Ian Sams admonish the press for reporting actual information. This is like Catherine Herridge getting let go from CBS for being a real reporter. This is unbelievable. And Jonathan Turley has a piece out. And listen to what he says. He says, in his press conference following the report on his retention of classified documents, Joe Biden lashed out at special counsel Robert Hur. I'm just going to skip around for time's sake. Um, he goes on to say, 
he he goes on to talk about all the false statements the president keeps making. Of course, an enabling media quickly took the White House's lead and lined up Democrats to lash out at her. He has some quotes here from Representative Ro Khanna and others. The campaign used the first lady to raise money off the outrage. Dr. B put out that that letter statement saying, like, how dare you? How dare you accuse my husband of forgetting things? Even though he forgot that they had just taken a photo in front of the hearts at the White House yesterday. Or two days ago, whenever. But NBC reports it was the president who dragged his son's death into the interview. Using the White House to spread false claims about these investigations is very dangerous. It can be the thing impeachments are made of. Ian Sams, the White House counsel spokesman, has been especially aggressive in attacking the president's critics in spinning these reports. Reporters have even confronted him about false claims about the her report. White House staff carrying out a possible disinformation campaign can raise allegations of violations of the public trust and misuse of federal staff and resources. And that's exactly I don't understand how you could argue that's not what they're doing. They're arguing that it's fake news to say that Joe Biden willfully retained classified information when it's on page three of Robert Hur's report. And so what they're really doing is they're attacking Robert Hur, they're attacking Joe Biden's own DOJ, and they're expecting the media to parrot this to the masses. And for once, the media seems to be hesitant to do so. Perhaps they see the writing on the wall. Okay, now, Jared, it's Friday. I'm not going to make promises I won't keep. We are going to get to Dan Goldman. I think Dan Goldman is perpetually auditioning not to be a member of the squad, but to be the next Adam Schiff, I think that's what he's kind of angling for. Is he wants to be like the face of the anti-Trump, uh, reliable uh, hero of the left. And it's not going well. The auditions are not going well. It seems like the only time I see clips of this dude is when he's getting utterly embarrassed in congressional hearings. And he's always he's always getting embarrassed by the person that he's like flexing in front of. He's always trying to flex his muscles and question these people during the hearings and the people he's questioning always turn the tables on him because it's not hard it's not hard to do and so a few weeks ago it was the angel mom who he smugly tried to lecture on border policies and she just swatted him down and uh, there was another situation where i think it was a conservative group he was questioning their fundraising and the woman said, well, we all don't have the benefit. I'm paraphrasing here, but she essentially said, we all don't have the benefit of being like silver spoon, you know, rich boys. And unless I'm confusing that with Sheldon Whitehouse, which is possible. But my point is, every time the congressman from New York gets into these back and forths, he loses. And this was a thing of beauty. So he's trying to trip up a former immigration judge. And take a listen to this cut. Um, I, I just came in a, a minute ago, Mr. O'Brien, but um, you said that the president has the authority to shut down the border right now. Under what authority uh, do you refer to? As I said, Section 1182F of the Immigration and Nationality Act, which was the statutory provision that was at issue in Trump v. Hawaii. It's a provision that allows the president by proclamation to temporarily suspend the admission of certain classes of aliens into the United States. So why didn't Donald Trump use that? He, he did. That's why the Trump v. Hawaii case went all the way to the Supreme Court. But then what ha why was it relied on Title 42? Um, 
Well, there was a pandemic on. I mean, Title 42 is pitched at a very different set of circumstances. It's specifically at a public health crisis. 1182F is pitched at a general power to manage the border in confrontation of a crisis. Good on that judge. And isn't Goldman, do I have this right? Is he a lawyer? Because he was involved in the impeachment stuff They're before. They're all lawyers somehow. But does it mean nothing, Jared? Because I thought the first rule of being a lawyer was that you don't ask a question you don't know the answer to. And he genuinely didn't know the answer to that. Why didn't Trump use it? It's the dumbest question you could possibly ask. He did use it, which is kind of what I just said. I understand you just walked into this hearing, but maybe take a beat and get yourself together before you start asking dumb questions. Really amazing stuff. And I wanted to give another update here. This is where we're wrapping it all up on this Friday afternoon. And by the way, Jared, since we're wrapping it all up, if I forgot any really good sound cuts, will you let me know? Because I'm looking at these right now. Oh, yeah, I did forget one. Hold on. I'll go back to it. But I wanted to tell you a story that I really haven't seen anywhere except for a couple of conservative outlets. The rotunda of the National Archives in D.C., uh, what does it say? Today's the 16th. So this was two days ago, was evacuated after two climate activists dumped red powder on themselves in the case that was holding the United States Constitution. This is from Ford Fisher on Twitter. Now, we've heard of the soup, throwing the soup at paintings. We've heard of blocking traffic. But this is a new one on me, the red powder. And Stephen Miller retweeted it and he said, we don't know anything about this so far. Like This happened two days ago. We don't know anything. We don't know their identities. We don't know if they were booked. We don't know who they are, what group they belong to, if they were held on charges for this, what substance they threw, this red powder that is listed here, nothing. And unfortunately, the curiosity, like I feel like if these were two MAGA Republicans in the rotunda, and they threw, what would a MAGA Republicans throw, Jared? I don't even know. They threw a Trump flag at the case holding the Constitution. I think that we would know everything about them. I think we would know the motive. I think we would know their history, their background, their social media presence. But if you're fighting for the climate... Put you in jail right away. No trial, no, no nothing. Right to jail. And that's what really drives people crazy. It's not that anyone gets held accountable for anything. It's not that like if a Trump supporter does something wrong, they get held accountable. It's the fact that if you're on the correct side, if you're fighting for the right cause, then you can do whatever you want. You can block ambulances, can block bridges, can throw SpaghettiOs at the Mona Lisa. Nobody gives a you-know-what. So some red powder at the Constitution and and at some point, Jared, because right now, every time these climate activists, these extinction warriors, whatever they're called, right now, everything they're doing, it's mostly like slashing tires, blocking traffic. And that's dangerous. Don't get me wrong. Like blocking traffic when someone could be coming in who just had a heart attack. That is dangerous. But I think what people aren't realizing is every time they like chuck something at a painting, a lot of these paintings, a lot of these these priceless artworks and stuff, they've got either glass in front of it or they've got some sort of film in front of it that really makes it hard to destroy. But have you noticed they're picking it up a notch? Like it's gone from, oh, we'll throw paint on it. 
And then all of a sudden now they're trying to crack through things. And at some point they're going to destroy something. At some point they're going to destroy some work of art that people travel all over the world to come see. They're going to destroy it for the sake of the planet. And it's just a matter of time because they do it and there's no consequences. They don't even get their names published in the paper. They don't get arrested. Nothing happens. It should be a felony if you're going to do that. It should be a felony. You're going to throw red powder at the Constitution? Felony. Jail, as they say from Parks and Rec. Okay, this is the one cut I wanted to play before we go to the break here. This was MSNBC's legal analyst talking about Fannie Willis's very credible testimony yesterday. Cut 24. So you're you're saying that the... I thought her portrayal of why it is that she pays for things in cash and has lots of cash on hand was very compelling. Basically, it was a life lesson she learned from her father and then sort of joked about the way that she was raised by that old black man, as she referred to him. Yeah, and Catherine Christian, if you want to look not at the salacious part of this, but at the legal part of this, which is whether or not she financially benefited from the hiring of Nathan Wade to be the special prosecutor... Did you find her credible? Yes, and the defense oversold this. There was no evidence other than the woman who was a former friend and a former employee. That's their evidence. And anyone who has an elderly black parent or elderly black people in life know it's about keeping cash because you never know when you're going to need it. So she's been very credible. I'm not anti-cash, but I don't think it should be... I don't think you can just say, oh, I had a lot of cash in my house and all of a sudden that's where this that's where this is going to end. Like, that's your get out of jail free card. I just had a lot of cash in my house. Do you think if I use that, Jared, if I use that excuse on the stand, do you think that it, that would be OK? Would the judge I'm, be as accommodating to that if I just said, hey, I've got thousands of dollars. And then at one point she goes on to say that she wasn't paying off. She had a lien on her mortgage or something and she didn't feel the need to pay that. And she doesn't want the lawyer to lecture her on how to pay her bills. It got very, very heated. But I just don't think that if it were Jerry Diglio on the stand and you were coming up with these far-fetched stories about how you kept thousands of dollars of cash on you, even when you traveled to other places, that the judge and the media would be sitting there going, yeah, that, that tracks, that checks out. Yeah, there'd be no curiosity all about where I got all that cash. You wouldn't be asked to prove where you got it from. No, you could just say, hey, I ran a campaign a couple of years ago and I had a bunch of cash in my house because of it. Uh, speaking of cash. Okay. So, but you were saying that you had amounts of cash. You still had that lien in 2022 when you were dating Wade and going on these trips. So the cash that you gave him, that could have been used to pay this tax lien off? You going to tell me how to pay my bills? I'm going to object. This is not relevant as it relates to why we're going to pay Yikes. Just one other thing I want to throw in. This is the this is my fifth one last thing I want to throw in. Um, I just want people to know that as busy as Biden is, he's going to East Palestine today, a year after the train derailment. Some fun news for Biden is that Anna Wintour of Vogue is going to host a fundraiser for Biden in Paris during Fashion Week. How fabulous is that? Just an update for you. Nothing says salt of the earth, man of the people like that. Yeah, like working class Joe. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk to salt of the earth, man of the people, Howie Carr. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Grace Curley Show. This is the Grace Curley Show. 
Today's car crossover is brought to you by ReadyWise. With inflation, food, and energy costs rising, families are feeling the financial pinch as they struggle to make ends meet. So preparation is key. Our friends at ReadyWise have emergency food kits that will provide peace of mind. Go to ReadyWise.com and use code HOWIE20 at checkout to save 20% on your order. Howie Kari joins us now. Howie, so today the news was announced, and I know that you were looking forward to it as much as I was, that Fannie Willis was not going to take the stand for day two. What gives? Uh, her lawyers decided that it was in her best interest, and the the Trump lawyers also thought that they, they were satisfied with yesterday's testimony? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just wondering if she was wearing her dress backwards yesterday. I think she was. I think she was. I think that that information did come out on on social media. But have you ever heard of something like that happening where both sides agree that we've seen enough? I, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the last time I I wore something out like a shirt on backwards. It's I couldn't do it. I, how how would I how would I button the shirt if I put it on backwards? Well, I think the mailer manager would also stop that in its tracks. <laughs> she might say at that point, Howie. I'm just trying. I'm I'm watching this guy Bradley. I, I'm starting to feel sorry for him, you know, because his he he realizes I think that his life is coming to an end here if he doesn't handle himself very well. Because he's he's the one who's can just uh, confirm what the uh, what what the landlady said yesterday that they were uh, seeing a lot of each other, as they say, and well, he's just trying to avoid having his life destroyed for for no particular reason other than that he stupidly responded to a text from. Roman's lawyer in January. But Howie, in hindsight, when we think about now we've seen Fannie Willis's father testifying, we've seen Nathan Wade, we've seen Fannie Willis herself, the Fulton County DA. I think that looking at all three, I think Nathan Wade comes off the best because as bad as his answers were, at least he was semi-respectful to the process. Right. I, yeah, I think I think he understood. You know, and the, and the thing is that the, even the uh, father is supposed to be a lawyer. But, I mean, he didn't, he didn't have any kind of... Uh, uh, I, I don't know any uh, decorum, any any sort of. He, I mean, he wasn't. He he was talking about this thing. He, it's a black thing, and you know, he knew more about. Uh, you, you know, he knew about COVID before everybody else knew about it. That was interesting too. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh, Rand Paul should subpoena him and you know try to get to the bottom of uh, you know when the when he found out about this. I think those were definitely the two biggest takeaways. He knew about COVID before anybody else. And also keeping that much cash in your house is, according to him, a black thing. Howie Carr is coming up next. He's got a great show planned. And Joe Biden heading to East Palestine. And I'm sure that Howie's going to have plenty of sound there from his remarks as he visits the site of the train derailment one year later. Residents there not too happy about it. We'll see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend. I put lots of cabins.